When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Callum Smith becomes the new super middleweight champion of the world and the World Boxing Super Series super middleweight tournament winner. We've got Kieran Farrell packing out the Macron Stadium in Bolton. We've also got Callum Johnson going over to America to fight Arta Baturbiev for the IBF light heavyweight crown. All this plus much more on this week's episode of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Ropes, a boxing podcast brought to you by Easley Boxing Repeat. The place for the Northwest and boxing news, news, reviews, and interviews. Here's your host, Sean Basso. Hello to you, the podcast listener. Welcome to episode number 50 of Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast. Sean Basto, your host as always. And I'm going to be joined by a new face or a new voice on the podcast this week. And I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But first of all, just want to talk you through what we've got today's show. So back to a little bit of structure this week, I think. We're going to have a guest on. We're going to have someone talking through some of the fights from the weekend. We've got Callum Smith, the new super middleweight champion. I was commentating on Kieran Farrell's Rolling the Dice show, so I want to talk a little bit about that. Talk about some of the other fights that went on over the weekend, including James DeGale last night, including Joe Joyce, Cody Davis were all in action at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock this morning, on Monday morning. So there's that to talk about. Big weekend of boxing coming up, including Callum Johnson going over to the USA to fight Arta Paterbia for the IBF Light Heavyweight Championship. And then we've got some other stuff to talk about in the news and gossip. Wilder and Fury's press conference today. Wow, we'll talk about that a little bit later on today. But first and foremost, let me bring in today's guest. It is Richard Thomas, who you can find at Richard Thomas Blog on Twitter. Uh, He does a lot of writing, but I'll let him tell you a little bit about himself in just a moment. 
So, Richard, it's finally great to get you on the podcast. You are writing for Eat Sleep Boxing Repeats website. You also contribute to Big Right Hook, as do I. So it'll be good to pick your brains on a few things today. But first and foremost, I just wanted to get a bit of an introduction to yourself, really, for people that have uh, not heard of you and seen any of the stuff that you do. Right, okay. Um, Well, I've been writing now since I finished university in 2007. Uh, I have a degree in American Studies. And I wanted to start writing, so I started blogging. And not long after that, I started writing for a website called Bin All of America. And at the time, I was really into um, anything unusual, basically. Um, Anything from ghosts to, you know, the Bermuda Triangle, all that sort of weird stuff. And then from there, I started writing about films and television series, stuff like that. And I started writing for Starburst magazine, doing film and TV reviews for that. And um, I started writing for the local newspaper then. That was something completely different. That was about um, uh, places to to visit on the weekend. It was called A Big Day Out. And it was every Saturday. And I would go to museums and castles and all sorts of places in South Wales. And that lasted about three years. And I also did a similar column then for Swansea Life magazine. It was basically the same column, but it was monthly and expanded. Yeah. And... um, that's pretty much it and uh, boxing was the only thing i was interested in that i hadn't written about and uh, i started writing for the website you did yeah so you've got a really broad scope of uh, of subjects that you you've wrote about there and uh, it's good to hear that you're uh, you're not just a one-trick pony are you that's for sure no i'm i'd write about anything i'm interested <laughs> in you know I, I need to be excited about something to write about it and you know so it's my interests you know, change over time and stuff like that. Yeah, of course it does, I understand. Well, yeah. boxing-wise then, Richard, uh, what what sort of brought you into into the boxing world? What is it that attracted you to, to, to the sport and, and following the sport and obviously subsequently starting to write about the sport? Oh, it goes way back to when I was um, a kid in the mid-90s. My grandfather is and was a huge boxing fan and he would he would have sky sports which we didn't have and i would go down there to his house every sunday and he would have boxing on and probably my earliest memory is frank bruno about the time he became world champion oh yeah mike tyson mike tyson was just coming out of prison and uh, i thought he was i didn't think mike tyson was human i thought he was like the terminator or something <laughs> you know i was only about 10 at the time and uh, that's probably how i started following boxing, Mike Tyson, Frank Bruno, Lennox Lewis, all those people from the 90s, and just watching with my grandfather. Yeah, no, it's good variety. It's yeah. Similar to me, that, to be honest with you, Richard. I, I was obviously always interested in boxing from, from a similar age as you and a similar time period, and that's what got me into it. And I watched, obviously, all the big fighters from there on in, you know, followed their careers, the likes of Naz, Joe Calzaghe, Ricky Hatton, all them type of fighters have, have followed their careers from sort of start to finish. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to hear about it. And obviously, it's good to get you on because, we, you know, people read the articles that you write and, and it's nice to obviously put a voice to, to, to the words that you put onto paper essentially so it's great to have you on and today we've got lots to talk about and I wanted to start really at the top of what I felt was the most uh, significant 
fight of the weekend, which was Callum Smith defeating George Groves for the, I think it's his WBO Super Middleweight crown, and also the Ring Magazine belt, which is a prestigious belt, which has only been given to, I believe, Calzaghe and Andre Ward was the other one that it had been given to previously, and now Callum Smith becomes the third fighter in history to be crowned the Ring Magazine champion, along with the World Boxing Super Series trophy, and uh, really, I just wanted to, to start by saying I thought Groves was going to win. I was very surprised by the way the fight went and the way Callum Smith started to dictate it as the rounds went on. I think after at the time of the stoppage, I think it was for me personally it was quite a quite an even fight. I'm maybe even slightly ahead with Groves, and I did see some scorecards afterwards, and the official some of the official scorecards actually had Groves ahead. But Callum Smith, you know, he's, he's, he's come of age and what a performance he put on on Friday night. Richard, how did you see the fight going down beforehand? And when it happened, what, what, what was your thoughts going through your mind? Well, a few months ago when I saw Groves beat Eubank Jr., I thought Groves was going to win the tournament at that point. But as we got closer and closer to the fight, I started to think Smith. It was more really to do with the injury, the shoulder. I thought, that, you know, I thought yeah, Groves' shoulder would go in the fight. But it was also um, the weigh-in. You could just see the the size difference between the two. Yeah. You know, you know, Groves just looked like you know a small guy compared compared to Smith. And also um, the interview uh, earlier in the evening um, uh, on, on the on the pay per view. Uh, Groves just looked distracted. He just didn't look. Um, he just didn't look right to me. He almost looked like he'd been taking sleeping tablets or something. <laughs> you know, he just looked uh, out of it. And uh, at that point, I put some I put some money on on Smith at that point because uh, he just didn't look like he was ready for the fight to, at all. Gross to me, he just sort of looked spaced out. I don't know if you picked up on that at all. It was just it was, he just did not. If you watch the interview from before the fight, like an hour before the fight, he just does not look uh, ready in my view. I didn't really pick up on that, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, no. watched, I think I watched that interview. I remember watching it, and then I just sort of thought to myself, mm, he's just a typical Groves, really. He just he just seems to be dead relaxed and composed, and we'll see what he's like when he gets in the ring. And like you said at the weigh-in, the size difference was, was ridiculous. I mean, Callum Smith, he looks like he could go to light heavyweight quite easily and and be a significant threat at light heavyweight. I mean, now he's, it's a case of, does he clean up the, the super middleweight division which we'll, we'll talk about in a few moments but the fight itself it went down uh, it didn't go down exactly as I thought it would to be fair I, I thought Groves would, would would overtake in the fight and uh, maybe even stop Callum late on but it's hard because with Callum Smith obviously you've only got really one major meaningful fight to, to base him off which is the win over Rocky Fielding in which he blasted Rocky Fielding away so it's difficult to really compare what Callum Smith's done to, to what Groves has done because Groves has had a, a lot more of a storied career he's a 30 year old man but in boxing terms he's probably about 40 because of the wars that he's been in you've got to think of the two fights with Frotch uh, the, the war with Badu Jack uh, though he obviously had fights with people like Martin Murray, he's he's been in a lot of big fights uh, for for such a young age, really, as as a fighter. And I think it's a case of he, he seemed to be a bit. He got he got old. It was like he got old overnight, and, and in that fight, he just seemed to be a case of the bigger man, the the, the the stronger man, the man with the more reach, the physical advantages, was able to take control of the fight. And obviously, the the shot that Callum Smith landed. 
that you know as soon as he landed, I knew I knew Groves is always been susceptible to taking a punch. We've seen him be rocked a few times in various different fights over the years. I've seen him against uh, Kenny Anderson. I remember that fight when he got rocked in that. Obviously, the, there's the Froch fights. I've seen him buzzed a few times in other fights, and as soon as Carl Smith landed, I thought this could be the beginning of the end. And fair play to Callum because he you know he he was an impactful finisher and he did the the right thing and, and finished the job and caught him with a great body shot and, and crumbled him over and that was that and we've got a new world super middleweight champion in Callum Smith yeah I think Smith was just too big he's just too big for him and uh, younger as well I think that you know what you said there he, he Groves is about 40 or 50 years old now in the, in terms of, of in the ring you know even though he's only 30 years old in reality he's he's old in terms of uh, what he's been through the wars that he's been in he was in you know too many tough fights early on in his career I think and it's finally caught up to him no, I agree. I, I do agree with yeah. that. I, I think yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people on social media that agree with that as well. I think uh, now it's all said and done. I think when you reflect on it, you think to yourself, actually, he had a lot of experience, but he also had a lot of tough fights as well. And that tough fights put a lot of miles on the clock. And I think we've seen the same with fighters over the years. It can put a lot of miles on the clock and get them old before the time essentially and that that's what happened it was a good fight i enjoyed it i enjoyed that it was a quite a tense fight throughout the duration of it and obviously smith comes out of there the victor now and he's the super middleweight king he's, he's essentially number one in super middleweight division now and i think what i want to touch on now really is where do both men go i mean we hear we heard george rose's interview afterwards and he was categorically saying he isn't going to retire but it's where does he go from here and, and, and where, where does he go to get back to the top? Is there, a, is there a route back to the top? It took him a long time to get that world title. Four attempts. I don't know if he'll ever get it again. In fact, I don't think he will ever get it again. But I don't know where he goes from here. What do you, what do you think, Richard? Any thoughts on where George Groves goes from now? Well, to be honest, um, I thought he was going to retire. I thought he was... A few months ago, I thought he was going to win the tournament and then retire with the Ali, with the Ali Trophy. And um, now that he's lost, I can see he would want to, you know, go out on a win. But I don't think he's ever going to become a world champion again. I just don't see who he who he could beat, to be honest. No, no, I agree. You know, at that level. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, the only other significant fight, unless he go, yeah, unless he goes for like you know a regular belts, interim belts. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now, and and what I think the thoughts that spring to my mind with this is maybe. Would you want to see a DeGale rematch? Would that be a possibility, maybe? Yeah, but it, it wouldn't be for any titles now, would it? No, so, I, it, will, it so wouldn't. It's a nice farewell fight, but... Uh, Rocky, There's a Rocky Fielding, potentially. I mean, I mean, there's other fighters that you could sort of say uh, are clusters. I say it in inverted commas, the weaker champions, but it's... I don't really see where he could go to become a significant fighter in the division again, uh, at this stage of his career and I don't want to say retire he should retire because maybe he has still got something left to give but I also wouldn't want to see him do what David Price is doing at the moment which is just basically taking a payday for anything he can get yeah it would be very sad if that happened you know uh, maybe one more fight just for um, like a farewell fight against a big name but I, I don't want to see him go on and on and on no I, so, I, I agree great. Um, right, let's go to Callum Smith then and let's talk about 
what what the future lies ahead for him now because social media were buzzing on Friday night when Callum Smith won this title but as soon as he wins it everyone's speculating about who he's going to fight next and a few names rolling around uh, the tongue at the moment is James DeGale uh, and Chris Eubank Jr who was on that undercard as well so would we want to see Eubank Jr against Smith would that still be again Smith being as big as he is and as tall and as rangy as he is would he just do the same to Chris Eubank Jr I can't see him stopping Eubank Jr he's he's really like his dad a really tough guy with you know a really good chin and um, I think he'd beat him on points I think it'd be similar to the the Groves Eubank fight probably just outbox him for the for the duration Yeah. yeah Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, DeGale's a lot, a lot trickier of a fighter. I, I don't know if he's... Is he staying in the super middleweight division? There was talk of him going up to light heavyweight. Is If that if that doesn't happen and he does he stays at super middleweight, there's there's that possibility as well. And uh, a DeGale fight would be uh, a pretty decent fight for Callum Smith, I think. But I don't know. Again, DeGale's stock is not the same as it once was when he lost the title. I think... Um, he, he got he got it back off Truax, but then he had to vacate it. So, where again is it still a meaningful enough fight for Callum Smith now? Or I, I honestly can't see uh, who would go in with Callum. I mean, Rocky Fielding. He blew Rocky Fielding away, and Rocky Fielding is now the is it the WBA regular champion? And obviously, Callum Smith won the WBA super belt, so that would be. Uh, a potential interesting rematch between Fielding and Smith. I could, I could definitely see that happening. And obviously, they're both of similar stature in height and reach. And we know what happened in the first fight. Could a Fielding Smith fight be potential at all, Richard? Yeah, I'd like to see that. I think that would be a good fight. And uh, you know, and it gets rid of one of those uh, WBA belts. If we can get back to just you know one belt for the WBA, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, well, that, well, I don't think they'll ever do it. To be fair, but I, I get the I get the point, and you make a very valid point on that one because uh, that is absolutely ridiculous. The amount of belts they have for one sanctioning body, I think it would be good if they just had that one fight, and you know we, we'd get a winner and we'd get one person that holds that belt as opposed to two or three people with different versions of of the belt. So uh, I don't know what what possibilities there is for him to be honest at the moment. I mean, let me you know let me think of, of of what else could he do I mean moving up to light heavyweight would also be a, a feasible option for him because he has got the frame to do that I just don't know how quickly they'd want to stick him up there to be honest with you and, and whether or not uh, I mean just think of like the guys like Badu Jack who's up at light heavyweight he's you know he's a tough guy but Callum Smith is just such a, a huge specimen of a man for super middleweight he could quite easily move up that way and Potentially, you know, I'm not. I don't want to speak too soon, but potentially, you do really well and, and and even go on to dominate that division. I mean, I might be jumping ahead of myself here when I say that, but he's certainly got the frame for doing that. I just don't know whether or not it's it's going to be something that that, that happens in the future for him. But what what do you think? I mean, what what would be the logical step for Callum Smith now? Would you want to see him maybe defend the titles and then move up, or would you say? There's nothing really much for you. Just just move up. Well, uh, I'd like to see him stay just for one or two more fights. Say, you know, a year to eighteen months, and then move up. You know, make because at the moment I think he can probably beat pretty much everyone in his division at the moment. 
Yeah. Of course, yeah, you know. So and then and then move up, you know, because you could you could make a lot of money on um, ITV box office just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. I'm just look, I'm just looking, Richard. Uh, obviously, I don't want to overlook other fighters, but there is also obviously two other fighters that I have missed off uh, to talk about in the division. We've got Gilberto Ramirez, who's the WBO champion, and then we've also got David Benavides, who is the current WBC champion, but obviously was tested for cocaine recently, tested positive for cocaine. So I don't know whether that is going to affect his position with the WBC but they are two opponents that I have uh, completely overlooked when talking about this that we could potentially see Callum Smith in with and the IBF mandatory was Jose who's a cat guy uh, who was supposed to potentially fight James Gale and so that was vacated so actually there is a couple of fights that Callum Smith could have before potentially moving up and I think the logical fights would be I'd rather see him in a unification one now. Come to come to think of it, come to, to speak about the guys that are in the division. I'd rather see him in a unification against someone like Gilberto Ramirez than than a Eubank Junior fight. To be honest, because I mean Eubank Junior again on Saturday night. There's a load of controversy over that fight, which we can cut a touch on in a minute. But I wouldn't really. I'd rather see him unify the division than I would fight guys that really need to be working the way back to the top as opposed to just being handed an opportunity. Yeah, it would be good to see him unify the titles, uh, you know. I think it doesn't matter who the other champion is. I mean, as, as you know, unifications are always popular, so, you know, that's a good road for him to go down. Yeah, definitely. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, the Eubank Junior fight, then, just touching on that on the undercard, then, what do you? Uh, what did you make of that and uh, all well, the that, aftermath? That was... That was like the comedy fight of the night, wasn't it? You know, the <laughs> aftermath of that. It was like the, the light entertainment. I mean, <laughs> oh, goodness me. Gabriel Clark, he, he, yeah. he was certainly pushing for that reaction and he got it. And when I was sat watching it, I was watching it with my, well, my missus and my wife and we were both saying he's just absolutely, he's, he, this guy's shit stirring. He's stirring the pot. This guy wants to get a reaction and get get Eubank Jr. to say something controversial and he certainly got that and obviously there's a, a lot of stuff on social media about apparently JJ McDonough through the fight now people are saying or there was a bit of a bit of fixed uh, going on there a bit of fixed betting going on apparently I don't know oh, how, right. how much you've read I've not heard anything about that you know did, was it st- did he quit in the fourth round yeah it was yeah yeah, yeah. the shoulder yeah yep. And I, there's a lot of people saying that apparently it was a uh, fixed, and there was a text message or a screenshot of a text message floating about Twitter a couple of days ago, which I managed to lay eyes over, which uh, said uh, get your money on a stoppage in the fourth round or a finish in the fourth round because um, that's what's going to happen. So it's it goes back to the days of the whole football, f- you know, the football stuff that they did back in the nineties, where there was loads of fixed matches there as well and it just kind of reminded me of that but I wonder whether that'll get investigated further I don't know but that was interesting to see but JJ McDonald seemingly just quit on his stool and, and decided he didn't want to fight anymore and obviously Eubank Jr. couldn't really hide his thoughts about that yeah I, I thought it was hilarious I mean I mean there's probably people laughing at my accent right now my Welsh accent <laughs> right but the guy had you know um, a stereotypical uh, Irish accent it's just the way you know. It, it, I just thought it was hilarious. Uh, the, 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 I understand it's a fight. It's a fight, and things. Are people disappointed that it, you know it, it. It it didn't go on as long as it should have. But I I just thought it was funny. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh, I got, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. It was. It was funny. It's, yeah. It just made me laugh. It was like you, but just winding him up and winding him up. And you know that you knew the guy was going to get absolutely pissed yeah. off at one point, and he did. And you know, it just you knew there was going to be some sort of confrontation. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, you know, he he quits, and then he challenges the guy. He challenges you back then, to, you know, to a to a street fight. Basically, <laughs> is what he did, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was, you know, silly. <laughs> well, there's not really much more to touch, I don't think, on that particular bill. And obviously, I'll move over to some of the other weekend's action. And uh, before I go any further with yourself, Richard, obviously, just speaking to, to you, the listener, obviously, if you, you you know, you all follow the social media stuff that I, I do, and you follow me on social media, and you follow the Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat platforms and the podcasting platform. Uh, if you didn't check, the Eat Sleep Boxing Repeat platform and you probably would have seen or not seen that I was on commentary on Saturday night in Bolton at the Macron Stadium the home of Bolton Wanderers Football Club to commentate on 10 fights for Kieran Farrell's Rolling the Dice promotion and I said it a few times on commentary that was an absolute packed show and that was a small hall show it must have been in excess of over a thousand people that were there and it was absolutely rammed uh, it was a dinner it was like a, a table service uh, set out but there was that many people in there they was all stood around the back uh, of, of the edge of where all the tables were set out it was really really packed atmosphere even more packed and what it was when Huey Fury fought Sam Sexton at the same venue earlier on this year for the British heavyweight title. Now, this is just this is essentially just classed as a small hall show, but you really wouldn't have thought that on Saturday night. And there's some absolute cracking fights on that bill on Saturday, and they're all up on Kieran Farrell Promotions' YouTube channel. So I'd suggest going checking them out because there's one particular fight, Ben Thomas versus Ben Douglas, and if you've not seen it, I'd recommend you go and watch it. Probably one of the small hall fights of 2018. And if you watch it at the end, you'll hear me and Jamal Nayaz losing our shit because it was an emphatic ending to the fight and we really enjoyed it so props to Kieran for, for putting on a great show and props to all the guys on the card that really put the heart and soul into that uh, really great card and it was a, a pleasure to commentate on all the fights so there was that on Saturday night uh, there was also obviously other fights going on there was a British Warrior promotion down at the York Hall which uh, was also apparently a decent card. So there was lots of other stuff going on and boxing on Sunday as well. This it was weird this weekend because we had boxing on Friday night, some local stuff on Saturday, some international stuff early hours Sunday morning, but then early hours of Monday morning, this morning, you had Joe Joyce fighting in America, you had Cody Davis fighting in America, uh, you also had James T. Gale fighting as well, and I'd not fully watched the fight, I was just saying to you Richard before we went on the air that I didn't really fully watch the fights, but I've caught the sort of significant parts of them today, and... Uh, Joe Joyce, uh, another emphatic win for him. And again, I'm reading through a few different sources on, on Twitter that apparently he's being lined up to fight Luis Ortiz next. Yeah, that's, that's a good fight if it's made. He's going to be on the undercard of um, Wilder Fury, is the rumour. But it's just rumoured at the moment. Um, I did watch the Joe Joyce fight, actually. I, I, I watched it about half an hour ago. On, um, I did record it on my Skybox. And... Um, he did definitely, he won the fight, you know, he, he knocked the guy out, stopped him. But um, he, he did look a bit tired to me, actually. It's a big guy, <laughs> though, isn't it? Yeah, I think it was, it was 
a tougher night than he thought it was going to be because he almost knocked him out, I think, in like, I think the second round it was. The guy got back up. And um, I don't think Joe Joyce wants to uh, go to distance with anybody. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I think he'd get tired. There's, que- there's questions yeah. over that. There's definitely questions over his stamina because a few a few people have, have pointed this out a few times in a few of his fights where they've suggested that he doesn't have the, the stamina to go the distance, yet he's obviously camper claiming that he's, he's an athlete. The guy is an athlete, and some say he's slow, some say he's ponderous, but he's still stopping these fighters, and if he gets a Luis Ortiz fight... That is an absolutely huge step up from the level of opposition he's been in with recently. Luis Ortiz's last fight was against Deontay Wilder, and it was a life and death fight. One of the great fights of 2018 for sure. And Joe Joyce jumps in with him. Wow, if he if he was to do a number on Ortiz, that would make a statement and a half because Ortiz, as we know, is one of the most avoided heavyweights in the division for a long time, and there's not many guys that have stepped in the ring with him. You know, guys like Dave Allen, absolute nutcase. We love the guy, but he's a nutcase, and he stepped in the ring with him, and you know, even he said the guy punches pretty damn hard, and he's got a big big chin as Dave Allen and Luis Ortiz rocked Wilder to his boots a few times in that fight so he's got the power but can Joe Joyce go in and stop this guy if it comes off I I do genuinely hope it does Richard I hope this fight comes off because I've said so many times on this podcast that they keep saying about Joe Joyce yeah you know we want to move him on pretty quick we want to move him up levels pretty quick the guy's 32 years of age they probably need to move him up really quickly and essentially he's got the same sort of resume uh, to a degree as what Alexander Usyk has got you know he was beaten by Usyk in the amateurs and he's got a storied amateur career himself Joe Joyce so essentially you'd expect him to be able to transition that over which he seems to have done so far so I'll be interested to see if that fight comes off and if it does what a great fight for, for Joe Joyce and, and for heavyweight boxing and if he beats Hotties it just puts him right in the picture I think with, with everybody else with like your Shazoras your Dillian Whites, obviously you've got your Parkers floating around still. You have Joshua's. There's so many other fighters, you know, that are around. He kind of puts himself in there with a bit of a shout of of being able to put himself in a position to maybe get ranked quite highly by one of the governing bodies and, and maybe go for a title shot at some point in the next eighteen months. That'd be a, that'd be a bit crazy if he did that. But the fight with Ortiz, do you, do you think? that he'd have a chance? Do you think he could beat a guy like Ortiz based on what you've seen so far, Richard? Um, he could definitely beat him, but I just don't. Th- I think it's just too soon for him at the moment. I don't think he's ready for anyone in the top five at the moment, to be honest. I just I think it's fitness. Just the fitness isn't there. Because if it goes longer than uh, six or seven rounds, I think he'd be exhausted based on what I, I saw uh, in that fight from last night. You know, he, he just he just hasn't got the stamina yet. He needs to um, he needs to stop knocking people out and just go the rounds and get the rounds in. <laughs> yeah, he, I, I, I've got to say, I really like watching him fight because you know the, the the knockouts are incredible to watch. They're really exciting. Like yeah. the one where he won the the Commonwealth title. That was that was amazing. No, I agree. I, yeah. I, I do yeah. want to see him do well. I do want to see him do well. I will admit that. But is it too soon for him? Yeah, I could probably agree with what you're saying. But then another part of me feels like, like I said earlier, if they want to move him up that quick, then do it. I, I'm, I'm no. There's no point of him sat there fighting journeyman for another six fights, as far as I'm concerned. If he's got the pedigree 
to do it and he can knock people out why not stick him in there yeah if he got beat off Ortiz people would say it's too soon but the thing is there's no part of him floating around beating journeymen for years but what, that's what Audley Harrison did do you know what I mean yeah, he, yeah, he, did, he, did exactly. for, he did that for years and he was a guy that was touted to be the next big heavyweight fighter since Lennox Lewis and look what happened he, he didn't he didn't do it he just seemed like he froze in the big fight situations apart from the odd couple of British fights that he had where you know he picked off good wins and the prize fighter tournament win he had he didn't do anything. He had his one chance against David Hay, and I think he didn't even. He throw something like three punches or something like. And the whole three rounds that it lasted, it was, it was ludicrous. So I don't want to see that happen to someone like Joe Joyce. I'd rather see him get thrown in, and if he gets fed to the wolves and gets eaten alive, then that's fine. But at least he's gone in and tried, and he's not sat there five years down the line going. Well, you know, I, I'll have me shot now, and and, and I'm, I'm probably too old to, and, and even got even less stamina, and can't even go six rounds. I get what you're saying, Richard. I do. I, I his, his stamina it does look to be an issue, but if he's stopping guys for fun, uh, and he can continue to do that, then fair play to him. I, I, I can't I can't fault him for that. He's he's giving it a good go and. Uh, Cody Davis is someone I wanted to move on to obviously with him being a Welsh fighter he seems to be stepping up the ranks really really quickly and, and making a bit of an impact and obviously with you being a Welsh lad uh, how much about Cody do you know and uh, how much have you, how many fights have you seen and are you impressed with him so far? Yeah I'm impressed with him so far I haven't seen his uh, he had a fight last night didn't he? Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen that one yet I'm afraid so I don't know what the result is. I think it's pretty safe to say he probably did win. <laughs> he, he did win. But, he, he won on points. Yeah. It was the first time he went the distance in a fight. Um, I right. didn't I didn't watch it, Richard. I didn't watch it myself, to be fair, but I did see the result this morning when I got up. And it's safe to say he looks like he could be uh, another really great Welsh prospect. And uh, he's sort of floating between super middleweight and light heavyweight. I interviewed him a couple of months ago on the podcast and got him on before his fight uh, on the, one of the matchroom bills earlier this year and I know they were sort of floating between super middleweight light heavyweight division but he's he looks really good and I, I think he's a guy now that I, I want to see him stepped up soon as well because I don't want to see him in, in too many meaningless fights I think he's he's got the potential and the pedigree again to, to do pretty well I'm not expecting him to throw him in you know, at the deep end yet, but I am expecting him to really start to progress him going forward now. But from the other fights you've seen of Cody's, do you, do you feel he could be a, another great Welsh prospect on the scene? Um, it's too early to tell, to be honest, but I think so, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed his, the fights that I've seen, I've enjoyed. So, um, but it's too early, really, to, to make, you know, to say that he'd be a world champion or anything like that, I think. Uh, no, I'd agree. I'm not. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I'm not suggesting that's how far he could go just yet. I do want to see him just get stepped up, though. I think. I think that's what I want to see. I want to see more of uh, more meaningful opponents, more tougher tests for him, and, and see if he can uh, back up what he says. And it'll be interesting to see how his career goes uh, going through the ranks over the next twelve months. But other than that, the only other meaningful fight I can remember and recall seeing over the weekend was the return of Jorge Linares against the nephew or cousin, I think it is one or the other, of Miguel Cotto, Abner Cotto, who he beat on that night. I, again, I've not had a chance to watch that one. 
but he beat Abnakoto by KO in round number three. So Linares is on the comeback trail. Uh, obviously, after his loss to Lomachenko, we were talking about where does he go from here. He's still got some meaningful fights left in him, I think, definitely. But he was also out over the weekend, so this... Um, it's, it was relatively quiet. I think the biggest fight over the weekend was obviously Smith and Groves for me, and I think it sort of leads me nicely into uh, just a little pause for the cause before we move on for the next part of the podcast because we both contribute to a certain website uh, called Big Right Hook. If anybody's heard of Big Right Hook, you need to get over and follow them on Twitter at Big Right Hook because they are uh, a brilliant new platform that I've been around uh, quite recently and they're doing really, really well. They launched the first magazine not long ago, which was uh, a real success and a lot of people have raved about it and fair play to them for, for doing something a little bit different than what other outlets do at the moment and uh, I'm glad to be able to contribute to, to what they do and they, I asked, they asked me if I'd give them a bit of a shout out on the pod and I said I would so you guys are doing a great job uh, thank you for obviously publishing mine and Richard's articles that we're putting out there and if you want to pre-order round two uh, you can just head over to their website www.bigrighthook.co.uk a lot of orders flying in already I think this is uh, definitely going to be something that's a, a success there's not a lot of great boxing magazines out there at the moment I mean there's obviously Boxing News and Boxing Month and I think there is a couple of others Knockout London is another one but there's not a great deal of them and I think they've really tapped into a market where they could be really successful at it and fair play to them for, for, for doing what they're doing at the moment and I don't know if you've read the first one yet at all Richard have you managed to catch that first magazine of theirs? Oh yeah I've got a copy yeah I've been working my way through it it's a really good magazine I'm sure it's going to go on and on and on no, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to producing some more articles for them. Um, it's 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 really great to be a part of something different, something new in the boxing community. So fair play to you guys. Good luck, and obviously everybody that listens to the podcast, get over, give them a follow, and order the next copy. The first copy is still available. I think there's a limited number of issues left over, so get over and get it ordered. It's only four pound fifty. It's about the same price as what you'd pay for your boxing news, boxing monthly, and you get some really good different types of articles going in there so I, I definitely head over and give that one a, a follow on Twitter and on their website so let's move on then Richard uh, it's this weekend coming up and I think the biggest fight for me this weekend coming up which I'm excited for is Callum Johnson and Arta Pateriev the IBF light heavyweight crown is on the line Johnson is he's rolling the dice here he's throwing everything in one basket and he's going to go over to America I know he's already over there at the moment uh, putting his last preparations in for Saturday night it's a massive fight for him this it's a huge it's a huge fight it's probably the opportunity he's been waiting for for a while he's uh, he's 32 he won the British title and Commonwealth titles in emphatic fashion against Frank Buglione and I think since then he's just he skyrocketed popularity-wise because he was off the scene for a little bit of time. Uh, as soon as you come back on it, you come back on it in a fashion. A 
lot more people have took notice of him, but nobody's given him uh, a hope in hell's chance again. Peterviev, who is a supposed monster, and I suppose they're going to do a number on Callum Johnson this weekend. But Richard, I want to come over to you and get your thoughts on this fight. This is the biggest fight for me this weekend. But how do you see this fight going down? Um, it'll go to distance, I think. I think it'll, it'll be points. Now, because it's in America, I don't know if you know we might get a you know a silly decision, but um, I think it'll go to points because he's if you're traveling to another country and you're prepared to do that, you know, you, um, it's you know once in a, the opportunity of your life, something you've prepared for your entire you know your entire life, something you've wanted. I don't think you're going to get knocked out. Petervia is supposed to be this big puncher, big monster puncher, and, and they don't, they honestly don't think that it's going to go any more than what four or five rounds. And I think both men have said categorically that it isn't going to last very long. I interviewed Callum a couple of months ago at a show local to myself in Manchester, and you know, obviously, he had a really storied amateur career himself, and he doesn't seem phased by the fact he's had to go over there. He doesn't seem phased by the fact that Peterviev is this big puncher and undefeated. He doesn't seem phased at all. I think he knows what he's capable of, and he's going to go in there and, and take that with him and, and try his best and see if he comes out successful. Now, obviously, as as you know, as UK fans, we want to see him do well. We want to see him winning, being another successful uh, British fighter. Uh, you know, winning a world title uh, on foreign soil as well. And it'd be a bit of an upset by all accounts if he does this on Saturday night. And I, I, it's a meaningful, ma- massively meaningful fight this weekend. And it's one that is at the top of my list of, of watches for the weekend coming up because I can't, I can't wait to see if he can do it. I really, really hope that he can do it because it's, it'll be huge. It'll be huge if he can do that. I mean. Joe Gallagher and their stable of fighters have had a bit of a rough time over the past 12 months with obviously the likes of Crawler losing to Linares, uh, coming back beating Ricky Burns and then obviously he's had Marcus Morrison who's had a bit of mixed fortunes and has now left Gallagher's camp Scott Quigg who's left Gallagher's camp and obviously now we've got Callum Smith who's gone on to win so maybe this is a bit of a turnaround for Gallagher's gym in terms of fortunes and maybe if Callum uh, Johnson can go in there and beat Baturbiev, you know, he's going to have two world champions back in his camp again. And trainer of the year 2015 might come back to everybody's mind. He gets a lot of shit, does Joe Gallagher. Uh, not a lot of people like him for one reason or another. I've got nothing against the guy. I've met him a few times. He's a decent guy. He obviously got his own way and methods of doing things. But it'd be a big big win for him on Saturday both of them on Saturday if they could get this I think against Peterbiev on Saturday night in America I think that's a it's a huge fight for British fans to keep an eye on this Saturday but going forward to what else is on this weekend the, there's quite a few local shows going on again as always uh, shows down in London I think there's about three or four actually down in London this weekend uh, that you can catch local wise and obviously if there's a few local fighters that you support then get yourselves down there and, and support them and buy a ticket off the fighters directly because it you know it goes to them it helps them because they have to pay for their opponents as we know and sometimes they don't even walk away with nothing more than about three four hundred quid if they're lucky from a fight so it's it's always important that you guys if you're out there and you, you go into these shows make sure you contact the, the fighters directly because it's absolutely meaningful and massive for them and helps them be able to actually walk away giving that entertainment to the fans and walk away with something um, but 
going back then to this weekend there's another big meaningful card on and I think I'll pass it over to you now Richard it's the Frank Warren card at the Leicester Arena in Leicester which is on BT Sport and we've got Jack Catterall versus O'Hara Davis uh, which appears to be the headline act for that and what do you make of, of that show uh, we've got Sam Bowen, Nicola Adams, Leon Woodstock on there, Daniel Dubois, Nathan Gorman as well, and Mark Efron. What do you make of that show? Are you going to be catching that one this weekend, Richard? Uh, yeah, I'm going to watch that. Um, I'm probably more interested in, in, in Nicola Adams, to be honest. That's, <laughs> that's the fight I'm looking forward to, strangely enough. It's the, she's got the interim WBO uh, World Female yeah. Flyweight title shot, hasn't she? Which is, uh, it's, yeah. been, it's been heavily promoted, actually. I've obviously had a lot of press release stuff come from Frank Warren Promotions about Nicola Adams, and they're, they're really pushing this fight because they're really pushing her as a fighter. And so they, so they should, to be honest. Instead of, of, of messing around, she needs to be pushed into that spotlight straight away because you've got to remember Nicola Adams, very successful medalist for, for GB, but... She's 35 years old. People forget that. She doesn't look 35. Age is definitely on her side in that respect. But she's 35 years old. And for me, she's probably... In terms of women's boxing, I mean, how long do you go? I, I don't know. There's no real benchmark, to be honest with you, of, your, of how long you would, would stay in the game as a professional at this at this stage. And, and with it being only just recently really coming to the forefront... We don't know how long she's going to be out there. So I want to see a winner world title. This is one step on the way to doing that. But yet again, it's going back to them interim world titles. And Frank Warren is an absolute master at getting people shots at interim versions of world titles, isn't he? Yeah, there are an awful lot of them. Yeah. So... I mean, which which belt is it she's got at the moment? Interim? Is it WBA, is it? No, WBA. Which one? Uh, WBO. WBO. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he does. Yeah. He, he's got a special relationship with the WBO. I think he, he, there are a lot of uh, WBO belts on his cards. <laughs> yeah, he's always had that special yeah. relationship yeah. <laughs> with yeah. them. Um, yeah. Richard, what about Daniel Dubois? Uh, obviously, uh, Nathan Gorman, both on the same card. A fight that has been proposed for, for them two in the future. But Daniel Dubois is getting another step up in opposition against Kevin Kingpin Johnson. Someone who's obviously way, way past his best. But still at a level where I would class him as a bit of a gatekeeper now. And somebody who you can kind of give an indication of where your fighter's at if you can you know beat him emphatically Daniel Dubois is an absolute powerhouse and this is his ninth professional fight on Saturday night against Kevin Johnson do you think he's going to walk through Johnson the same way Joshua did when he fought him yeah first or second round probably you really think you'll beat him that quick yeah I think he'll be in within three rounds yeah wow it's um yeah, <laughs> yeah it's he's a he's a big big guy and a guy that's looking like he's going to be the next heavyweight British star I don't know if you've seen any of the pictures on social media before Povetkin's fight with Joshua but he sparred Daniel Dubois and I remember seeing one picture and Povetkin's face just looked absolutely hammered as in it looked like Daniel Dubois actually doing a number on him in sparring Uh, he's a guy that everybody's touting to be the next big thing and I want to see him in a after this I want to see him stepped up again and I think I want to see him fight Nathan Gorman 
and there's uh, quite a few people. I think actually, I think it was Tyson Fury who said that he sparred both of these guys. And if he was going to pick one of them, he'd pick Nathan Gorman. Maybe more so because he's affiliated up at Hatton's gym. But he suggests that Nathan Gorman closes the distance a lot quicker and gets the punches in a lot quicker than what Dubai does. So there's a better chance that Nathan Gorman would beat Dubai if the two ever do meet in a battle of British heavyweight prospects. That would be quite an interesting one to see in the future. But they've got Daniel Dubai in the car. We've got Nathan Gorman. We've got Leon Woodstock Jr. Uh, in a great bout with also undefeated Archie Sharp for the WBO European Super Featherweight title on the line. Sam Bowen is uh, fighting Horatio Alfredo Cabral for the vacant WBO Intercontinental Super Featherweight title. And then you've got the likes of Manchester man Mark Heffron. And then you've got a few other guys on the card. People like CJ Challenger, Ryan Garner, Raza Hamza, Joe Mafosa and Ryan Hatton. So it's quite a stacked card. Obviously, there'll only be so many of them that will actually be shown on BT Sport. Yeah, you'll probably get to see maybe sort of Nathan Gorman's, Daniel Dubois, uh, Woodstock's, and then obviously Adams, Bowen and Catterall's, or maybe even not as many as what I'm suggesting. But it's quite a stacked card on Saturday night there at uh, the Leicester Arena, and it's a good card for us to be able to catch up on and... Like I was saying about local stuff, there is quite a lot of other local stuff. There's one on in my neck of the woods, Richard, uh, Oldham Leisure Centre. We've got VIP boxing promotions. I've got a show on with quite a few of the local fighters, which I've, I've interviewed. Uh, I think I've pretty much interviewed every guy on that card. Uh, and female, Stacey Copeland, Commonwealth champion. She's on there as well. So uh, another big card on there locally for us on Saturday night. So, yeah, lots of cards, lots of big fights going on uh, over the weekend domestic as well so quite excited about that but I'm going over to the back to the USA and back to the card with Bateria and Callum Johnson on uh, and obviously we've got Gavin McDonnell on there as well which I failed to touch on a little bit earlier he's actually going for another shot at a world title he's got the shot at the WBA Super Bantamweight title against Daniel Roman on Saturday night as well which is something that's completely been probably been overlooked as, as well because the promotion I don't think has been great uh, something that will interest you Richard is Jarrell Miller against Thomas Adamek on Saturday as well on that card what do you think of Jarrell Miller's next opponent Thomas Adamek a little bit past his best isn't he yeah I, I, I think Miller will win that fight pretty easy uh, to be honest with you um, I can't see him putting pretty much of a fight up against Miller. I mean, Miller's a big, big guy, isn't he? Yes. And, um, yeah, I think it'll be a knockout in about five or six rounds. That wouldn't surprise me. He honestly yeah. honestly wouldn't surprise me. That. What, what do you think of Gavin McDonald's chances then? Obviously, we've seen him against Ray Vargas. That was his first world title shot. He's been given another one against Daniel Roman. Do you think he's got what it takes to become a world champion? Um, become a world champion, yeah, but uh, I don't think it'll be on this occasion. But the thing is, if he doesn't win now, you know, you're not going to get another shot, I guess. No, I don't think he will. I think, it, I think his best is, you know, if there was a vacant title or something, you know, that sort of situation. But I don't, you know, not, not this time round. I don't if he, I think if he doesn't win this, I don't know what other chances he's going to get, to be honest. Yeah. I really don't, like you just said there. I mean, his best opportunity would be uh, for for another vacant title for, for against a fighter that may be... With all due respect, maybe a little bit lesser of an opponent for him, but I don't know. I don't really know much about Daniel Roman, to be honest with you, who he's fighting on Saturday night. I don't know whether he, he Gavin McDonald's going to be good enough to beat him. 
like I say, I've only seen him the one loss against Ray Vargas, who, who obviously looks to be a bit of a talent. We've seen him in fights previous uh, following that. So I don't know whether this is going to be his, his, his last chance than there. We've got also uh, Jesse Vargas and Thomas Del- Delorme on there as well. So there is match rooms, a USA card on, on DAZN that will be shown on there, I'm sure. Uh, but I'm only really interested, like I say, mainly in the Peterbiev and Callum Johnson fight. The Jarrell Miller fight is a bit of a wash, wash over to be honest and then you've got uh, there's another women's title fight on there you've got the WBC World Female Super Lightweight title Jessica McCaskill uh, and Erica Annabella Farias uh, Jessica McCaskill you may remember from fighting Katie Taylor in uh, her last fight so that's on there but again it's more aimed at the American audiences as we know for this matchroom deal with all the, all the American fighters on there so It'll be a good one to catch if you want to really get into sort of the your fighters from over in America and, and, and some of the guys that maybe don't get as much exposure over in Britain. It'd be good to kind of get to know some of these guys, I think, by watching that one on there. But I think um, I want to move on, Richard, and there's a, a subtopic I want to talk about which has been on the lips of everybody all day, which is the Wilder and Fury finally getting an actual full-on announcement with a venue with a date and an actual press conference to go along with it uh it was on it was on good morning britain this morning and there's just that little clip that i wanted to play to everybody just to let him hear what he had to say this morning deontay wilder about the fight with anthony joshua so i'm just going to stick that on now just so you can remind you guys that are listening what that was like and if you've not heard it just have a listen to this now the biggest fight in the world happened. It isn't nothing to say, hey, Joshua, me and Fury about to get this thing going on, baby. We about to see who the biggest and the baddest in the world. One champion, one face, one name, something you was a coward to he's do over, he's in over your there. own country. No, well, if he's right here, if yeah. he was right there, you tell him to look at this one. I'm looking at you right here. Mm. You was a coward. You was a coward. And you know this. Your whole team know this. Each and every last one of you said different things over and over. You manipulate. You conjured it. Compulsive life. I think we've seen Con a different artists out of all these people. These people put their hard-earned money into this. This is an emotional sport. Of course, I'm going to show all emotional because it's an, enough is enough. It is what it is. If you didn't want to fight, just say it. Barry already told y'all. It's 68 proper career plan. And Deontay Wilder wasn't in it from the start. So don't drag these people along. So there you go, Deontay Wilder calling Anthony Joshua and his team a bunch of cowards, manipulative liars and all the rest of it. It was quite a start to the morning this morning on Good Morning Britain. <laughs> it was quite funny actually. It was a, it was the start of what was to be uh, an eventful day, of course. But yeah, he's calling Anthony Joshua a coward. They, they obviously... He wanted that fight. That fight was talked about so many times. It's never happened. It's not come off. And now we're getting Wilder versus Fury instead. What do you make of uh, Deontay Wilder's comments there, Richard? Um, I first want to say that I like Deontay Wilder. He's one of my favourite boxers at the moment. Um, I think he's being played like a fiddle by uh, Finkel and Hearn, to be honest. I think Finkel and Hearn are in it together. And their plan is to turn Deontay Wilder into a big pay-per-view fighter in the States and over here as well before they make that Anthony Joshua Wilder fight. But he's not in on it, see? He's got no idea about this. So, And he wants this fight with uh, Anthony Joshua. And it's, it's just got him really um, frustrated. He thinks he's being um, uh, cheated out of his opportunity that, that as he sees it, he's earned. Uh, and uh, I can understand uh, why he's getting emotional. About that, um, 
he probably does deserve more money. I mean, he is uh, an undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. He's knocked out every man he's been in the ring with. I mean, he does deserve a percentage. He doesn't deserve 50-50, but he just definitely deserves a, a, a percentage. Um, his emotion, I think, that, you know, I'll talk a bit more about this when, when we get into the press conference, but I think it is, it, that emotion that he was showing there, in a way it's a strength, but it's also a weakness because the man gets so emotional about things. And I, I think that's going to be, uh, it, when he does get beat, it'll be that emotion, I think, that will be the cause of it. Yeah, I think I tend to, to agree with you. I think he is an emotional guy. He is someone that was, wears his heart on his sleeve, and I think that is something that may play into the hands of, of guys like Fury and guys like Joshua, you know, when these fights happen, if, if they happen, obviously, like the Joshua one, but... He's, he is an emotional fighter. You can tell. You can tell by the way he fights. He's not a conventional fighter. He throws hooks jumping off his feet. You know, he's, there's some of the most craziest hooks you've ever seen. And <laughs> he's just a guy that bring he's bringing entertainment to the heavyweight division when he fights. And people will question his record. People will slag him off. But he's in now with, obviously, Fury, who is an absolute trash talker and a very good trash talker at that. And a guy that brings entertainment to the heavyweight division. He's like Marmite. You either love him or you hate him. But he's, you can't deny that he brings attention to the sport. And that's that's important. That is what's important for the sport. He's bringing attention to it. Sometimes he's not brought the right attention to it. However, some, some people say... Uh, any bad press is I think what's the saying now I think it's something to do with uh, any press is good press regardless of whether it's good or bad there is a few cliche sayings floating around that I remember someone will probably correct me on that on Twitter but there is a few cliche sayings that I'm aware of uh, regarding stuff like that but the press conference today then Richard was was entertaining it was reminiscent of something that you'd see out of WWE it had everything that you wanted to see, everything that you wanted to hear, all the trash, all the crap. It was absolutely hilarious to watch. And I managed to snag a little clip of it for the listeners to, to if they've not already heard it, just to remind you of what was said between the pair today. So I'll stick that on for you now and then we'll come back to you and we'll discuss it in just a moment. A little tickle, come on. <laughs> Let me feel this power on the hey. Alabama slammer. Hey. Come on, Don't get up. Are you serious? Let's you have ready? a little body spark. Come on, Are I want to feel it. Hey, let's do it then. I'm always for it. I'm always for it. Frank, you ready? I'm always for it. I'm ready when you are, big Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Come on, then. Let's go. No, Frank, I want him to hear. I want to feel that power. I'm going to show you the power. I want to feel the power. I'm going to show you the power. You're going to feel the fury. You're not going to feel no power. I'm going to show you the Come on. I'm going to show you the power. Come on. Yeah, quite entertaining that one, weren't it, Richard? <laughs> you said you watched yeah. the full thing today. What did you make of it all? Well, up until this point, I thought that Fury was very... Um, his chances, were, it was very unlikely that he was going to win, was my, was my thoughts up to this point. But I've got to say, Tyson Fury has turned me into a believer now. I'm picking Tyson Fury to win that fight and I also thought the only way he could win the fight was uh, on points. But I know I think he's probably going to knock him out. He's going to knock Wilder out. That is my prediction. Tyson Fury by knockout. Because he just completely, um, he just, you know, he, he, he's got his number. He just completely uh, played him like a fiddle in that, uh, in that press conference. Uh, just, just Wilder, you know, he had his, he had, at times he had his head down and uh, then he was, he was getting, uh, 
you know, angry. He was ready. He was he was ready to fight. If he behaves like that in the ring, then he could catch Tyson Fury and knock Tyson Fury out. That could happen. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think he's going to make mistakes, and I think he's going to get caught himself. Well, that's what I was just going to say, Richard. Uh, what I was going to say is, do you think it's all about mind games with Fury? It's all about winding people up. It's all about getting in under the skin, into the head, and. People will agree that he did that with Vladimir Klitschko. He got into Klitschko's head, uh, and part of the people say, uh, myself included, I feel that was that was part of the reason why Klitschko didn't perform. That and the fact Tyson Fury didn't let him perform on the night, but he mentally got under his skin. And I think if he gets under the skin of Wilder. We've seen what Wilder's like. He's an emotional guy. You said it yourself before. Emotions seem to rule him as a person. And I think on the night, if he's throwing big windmill shots like he does, unconventional shots, Tyson Fury's a big guy. He's got great movement, great footwork. He's probably going to see a lot of them coming a mile off. I would suspect that he will look to let Deontay Wilder gas himself out throwing them types of bombs and like you say catch him on the counter catch him with great shots yeah Tyson Fury is not known as being a concussive puncher but I wouldn't like to take a punch off the guy I'm sure he probably hits pretty hard but he's not known for being a concussive puncher and the last two fights don't show that maybe that's because he's holding back a little bit I don't know but We've seen him beat people before. We've seen him stop people before in the past in in his career. So we can punch. He's just not a concussive puncher the same way Wilder is. He's got that one-punch knockout power in both of his hands, it appears. So he could catch Fury. Fury's been down off Steve Cunningham, a cruiserweight. People will say as soon as he gets caught, he's going to go down and not get back up. It's so much to look forward to with this fight. And obviously, I'll be doing a full in-depth podcast episode on it nearer the time. But I tell you what, it's it's entertaining. It brings the excitement back to boxing. It it sways you. It gives you swings and roundabouts. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people that will be changing the mind on a few occasions before fight night comes about who their pick is going to be for this fight. I really do think it's a, a, an absolutely great fight for boxing. And I'm really happy it is actually happening because there was a lot of speculation that it was just a load of... It was just a load of fuel to a fire that was never going to be there. So I'm happy it's actually happening now. So I, I am really excited about it as well. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to touch too much more on the Wild of Fury stuff because we've obviously heard a couple of clips from today. But, yeah, it was exciting. Really enjoyed it all. And I'm just looking to see how things go over the next few weeks in the lead up to the fight. So I want to go over to the final segment of this week's episode. and uh, It is the news and gossip section. So, I'm just going to have a quick look and see what's been going on. Um, We've talked about quite a lot of topics on today's episode. So, what we've touched on briefly was the World Boxing Super Series with the Callum Smith and George Groves fight. Uh, Apparently, at the moment, there isn't actually a TV deal in the UK for Season 2 of the World Boxing Super Series. So, nobody's actually picked it up yet, and TV network-wise, ITV obviously picked it up the first time round and uh, I've had it on their network but that was apparently four days before the tournament started they picked it up so there is a chance that they may pick it up again quite close to the time but we've got the potential for different networks maybe picking this up I hope it I hope it does go maybe to ITV box office I don't I actually don't know <laughs> I'm thinking what do you think of the coverage of, of ITV oh um I don't think it's very good, to be honest with you, <laughs> compared to the others. Um, it, it's, it, it has its moments, you know, it, um, but it's, it's just not, you know, it's 
it's not as good as Sky, is it? And I think Sky will probably be the ones to pick it up because you know they they've the zone have already got it, and of course they're already working with uh, Matchroom Boxing to zone, so it makes sense to me that it would end up on Sky if they could get Eddie Owen involved. I guess. Yeah, yeah I suppose. I mean, the coverage of it on ITV. I did watch the show on Friday night and. It was a bit poo, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, the, co- the coverage it like, of it—it was like a time machine almost. It was like going back to like um, years and years and years ago, mid nineties Sky. You know when they, you know they, when they were just learning what they were doing, basically. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Actually, yeah, when I think about it, that's what it did remind me of. And then to make matters worse, Amir Khan was doing punditry in the studio with Duke McKenzie and the amount of mistakes he made was hilarious and you know I always thought he it was the amount of headshots he'd taken in the past but I think it's just generally Gammy Khan I think he called Deontay Wilder um, what did he call Dante. him Dante Dante or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah it? something funny and then he also him and Duke McKenzie were like they were talking about the heavyweight scene he was like yeah you've got Dillian White blah 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 and they were referring to Luis Ortiz he was like yeah yeah that Cuban fella, you know that that Cuban boxer. <laughs> how do you not? Know, how do you not know this guy's name? He went yeah. life and death with Deontay Wilder only earlier on this year, and I didn't really enjoy the the punditry side of things. And I, I, I think they do. If they're going to pick it up again, they need they need a better team of pundits. To be honest they, with you, yeah. they bring um, Nas back. He was good. <laughs> he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. He's too controversial, though, isn't he? That's the only thing. Yeah. He'll, he'll say something yeah, that just gets him in trouble. I don't, yeah, well, that's why he's good. That's why people like watching him. I suppose, yeah. I'm, I wasn't really. I'm not really a big fan of uh, of, of Ronald McIntosh either, to be honest with you. Um, I, I'm not really a big fan of his commentary, and uh, I'd, I'd like to see a better commentator. If I'm being personally honest, no, no disrespect to the guy, but. I would like to see a different commentator and a different team if they're going to pick it up again. But I don't know if Sky Sports would pick it up. To be honest, they've got a lot of, of a lot of eggs in the basket at the moment, and I don't know whether they'd pick this up. If they did, then they'd probably have, like you say, a lot better of a team to work with punditry wise. But there is still a few pundits on the Sky team that are are also questionable at times as well. So we'll have to wait and see. But that's a bit of news coming out this week as well. I I don't know, but. In America, because it's on zone. have they got the same people doing the show, the, the the Super Series show, as do the Matchroom cards? Is it the same commentary team, or, or is it a different one? Oh, I don't actually know, you know. I'm not too sure if it's the same the same team. I mean, I, I probably will be different. I would imagine it would be different, um, because we wouldn't want to... We wouldn't want to do the same team. I mean, <laughs> the American fans would be put off by that team that we that we see on ITV. Anyway, it's, it's, it can be absolutely garbage at times. Um, yeah. Well. Anyway, Richard, I want to move on quickly and just go from okay. some of some of the other bits that we've got. Uh, we talked about Joe Joyce earlier. I'm just reading about Richard Schaefer confirming to reporters last night that he is planning to return on the Wild Fury undercard. But they're talking about him fighting Gerald Washington, which is uh, is a step up for him. Not the same step up as Louis Ortiz, but a step up nevertheless. Yeah, I, I want to see the Ortiz fight, but that, that's a good step up fight. That's a good way to build it. Yeah, it is. It is. I guess. Yeah, they want to build him a, obviously a reputation in the states, don't they, as well? And maybe that is that is going to lead to it. Maybe this this fight with Washington could lead to an Ortiz fight in the future. That may be what's. What they, what they sort of vying for there. So there is that. Um, we've also got the 
other bits of news that are coming out. We've got some great fights uh, lined up for October, which I just wanted to list off as well. Uh, obviously, we've talked about a couple of them. We've got Caterwell versus Davis, Paterbiev Johnson, Inoue versus Payano, Ritson versus Patera, Tete versus Alayan, uh, Crawford versus Benavidez, Saunders Andrade, Pulev and Huey Fury, Danny Jacobs um, and Derevchenko, I can't pronounce his name. And then we've got Terry Flanagan and Regis Pograi as well, all this October. So yeah, it's actually a decent month for, for boxing this month and it's going to be a really good few fights to, to look out for uh, going forward. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else I've picked up over social media uh, this past couple of nights. I don't think there is anything that uh, I have in particular picked up on. The biggest news really was, again, just the Wilder Fury stuff today. Is there anything on your mind, Richard? Anything you want to bring to the, bring to the attention of myself and the listeners? Uh, no, I think you've covered it all there. <laughs> Oh right, okay. Well, I think <laughs> <laughs> I think to be honest with you, Richard, I think that um, it's gonna we're gonna wrap it up now. I think I'll just do the uh, the housekeeping stuff for everybody. So before you go, Richard, I'll just let everybody know where to find us and yourself. So for the podcast, it's at BTR Boxing Pod and Beyond the Ropes Boxing Podcast on Facebook. We can be found on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Player FM, Spreaker, any other podcasting app that you can find we usually are on it we're also on spotify you can find us on youtube for eat sleep boxing repeat richard where can people find you if they want to follow the work that you do uh twitter richard thomas and richardthomasblog.com well so guys it's just a little final reminder as always each week i've mentioned it before on a few of the episodes about the patreon account which i set up for listeners of the podcast to essentially contribute towards the cost of running the podcast every month that is what we're looking to try and achieve as our goal however in return you will get access to specifically recorded episodes which are not released to the general public or the general listener it's not to say i don't appreciate any of the other guys that listen to the podcast but I want to try and, and, and make this podcast, like I've always said, from a great one into an even greater one, an excellent one. And just while I'm on that subject, actually, about podcasts, it just sprung into my mind. Jake Wood and Spencer Oliver's Pound for Pound podcast is doing a tour around the country. What an absolute crock of shite that is that they brought out. <laughs> it's just part. It's, this is probably my rant of the week. This Richard, you, if you've not listened to it before, this is my rant of the week. I seen it today. Paul Altai, he actually posted it and and made a comment about it. And I was chatting to him about it on Twitter today. And I thought, what a load of bullshit that is. The, the pair of them. I, I don't enjoy the podcast. I'm not saying my podcast and this podcast is great or any better than theirs. But it's not even like a box, a massively boxing related podcast. It's just like. To to you know to southern lads that just want to talk about Eddie Hearn and being an Eddie Hearn lover and 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 related stuff that's not even related to boxing half the time and it's it's not a great podcast in my eyes. Something I would listen to as a fan. I, I prefer other ones. I mean, big shout out to New Age Boxing and Fight Talk because they, you know their podcast with with guys that give real opinions on and that's what I prefer. But I just wanted to rant about the fact that they're actually going around touring the country, doing the, the you know these little Q and A sessions, which I think is just just seems like they're in it for a little bit of money, to be honest with you, to make a quick buck out of it and then maybe get out of it. But 
Uh, Richard, have you actually listened to this podcast, by the way? Uh, the pound for pound one that Jake Wood and Spencer Oliver do? No, I've never listened to it, and uh, don't. the sounds of it, I'm not going to either. <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't listen to it. There is a lot better ones out there. Fight Talk, New Age Boxing, two great ones over there uh, to listen to. Obviously, I'm always going to promote this one, BTR Boxing Pod, give it, you know, give that a listen. Uh, there's, there's, there's great episodes that are due to come out in the next few weeks. But uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Richard. Uh, first time for you doing a podcast, and you know, fair play to you for stepping up and doing it and I appreciate it and it's always difficult going from being a writer, a writer to, to doing something of this nature so fair play to you for stepping up and doing it today and I'm, I'm sure the, the, the listeners will appreciate the fact that you've come on and given a different point of view and give you a different opinions about what your thoughts are on, on boxing and some of the stuff that's been going on uh, so thanks for you coming on I appreciate that and obviously thanks to the listeners for following us subscribing retweeting sharing all the guys out there that do all the sharing uh, DJ Boxing Blog Stephen he always shares the stuff for us Paul Altai he's always sharing stuff out there for us you know there's loads of you guys and I really appreciate every single one of you for doing what you do so thanks very much and we'll be back later on this week as BTR Boxing Pod turns one year old and then finally later on in the week we've got Legendary Night the tale of Hagler versus Hearns. It's going to be a great one. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.